Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix's 94th film. It's the 2018 thriller, Caliber. It's directed by Matt Palmer and stars Jack Loudon, Martin McCann, and Tony Curran. I'm Jesse, and I am here with my co-host, MJ. Hey, MJ. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? I'm very, very well. It's nice to have a thriller film on the agenda for today, I think. We went pretty hard on rom-coms for probably five or six movies with maybe one or two in between that weren't. But um, thrillers, when done right, are a really satisfying watch for me. I mean, I don't necessarily have genres that I... like. I do have genres that I like, but I, I tend to think of myself as quite eclectic. But when I hear I'm going to watch a good thriller, it does excite me. Yes, and... Uh... We have had a couple of thrillers over yeah. the year and a bit that we've been doing this show on Netflix. So it's, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, I'm on board with something that's a little bit different to a rom com. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> they have filled up our um, our time lately. So <laughs> nice to have a bit of a, a, a misstep or a step um, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, exactly right. Well done, Netflix. Thank you for keeping it interesting. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, we start our show with our fast flicks where we do our own little summary of the film. So, MJ, what's your fast flicks for this one? A hunting mishap spirals out of control when two friends are forced to cover up a murder and leave the audience on the edge of their seat as a result. Yeah, lovely. There's, there's not much you can say about this one and... without wanting to give too much away. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give mine and then we'll, we'll go through our spoilers, I think. Yep. Because, uh, yeah, good one, call. Very good gonna, call. We're, we're going to spoil. <laughs> so I've said, you know, the same thing. It's it's a hunting trip which takes a turn for the worst and two friends must deal with their actions. Mm. Oh, that's and good. No spoilers that's, there. That's, that's a nah, segue into um, we are going to spoil this film yeah, now. Good so call. if you think that uh, this film may be something that you'd be interested in checking out, uh probably give us a pause, come back and, and listen to our discussion afterwards because we're going to get right into it and and ruin um, this movie pretty early on. So, yeah, thanks for sticking with us and coming back if you have. Yeah, so, good call. And you know what was funny? I actually, I five minutes into this movie, I stopped it and I read the synopsis on IMDb. I, um, really? Yeah, which I... Normally, you sort of catch a glimpse of it when you select the movie on Netflix. You sort of see the the, the little one or two line synopsis, and you get an idea. I, I must have missed it with doing this one for for whatever reason. And I was watching this film, and it was fine. And I I just I needed some direction. And as soon as I sort of read whatever it was, and it sort of said like, well, kind of what we said: two guys go on a hunting trip and have to I don't know cover up whatever it was. But I was like, okay, now I kind of I. I just needed that direction. Without it, this this film felt a bit weird at that first five minutes, and I'm actually wondering whether I really read the synopsis, uh, specifically read the synopsis now going forward, because sometimes it's nice to have a guideline. Yeah, well, the, the, it's funny that you say that because the first fifteen minutes or so, I like I knew it was a thriller, I had no idea anything about the actual plot, so mm. I'm sitting there for the first fifteen minutes going. Okay, I'm I'm keeping an eye out. Like, what's gonna ha- what's happening? What's going mm. on? So when the actual um, sort of event occurs, I, I was pretty taken back because uh, I I didn't know that you know what was gonna happen. So yeah, it, it was one of those ones. You've got to stick stick with it. Yeah, you do. Don't know anything about it. It, it. it put me at ease, and and I probably enjoyed that first fifteen minutes more once I knew that. I was like, okay, this is just establishing the situation, probably establishing a few key characters that had kind of come back. But I, I was okay. I wasn't trying to overthink it after reading it, which 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 worked well. And sometimes it won't work well because there might be just that tiny little spoiler. 
Um, like Alex Strangelove, I didn't read that one, and I'm glad I didn't because it said something like he's going to fall for a dude or something, and I'm like, oh, that was a nice surprise when it came in. So it didn't miss, I guess. Hmm. Good. Okay, so let's let's have a chat about what we could find out about this film. What are some things that you, you've been able to research or, or discover about the making of this one? Yeah. Okay. So Matt Palmer. It's a it's written and directed by Matt Palmer. Um, someone I'm not familiar with prior to this, but he'd been workshopping this idea for about nine years. Um, and the reason that it was so long is basically because he doesn't see himself as a very prolific writer. He's generally happy to do some directing work on other people's screenplays, but he kind of had this thunderbolt of the idea, um, which I'm pretty sure was the notion of killing someone whilst hunting. I think that was the the big idea that came into his head nine years beforehand. And he just couldn't yeah. quite shake that. So, over the period of nine years, he ended up putting together a screenplay um, and that finally got picked up. Not finally got picked up, sorry, I shouldn't say that. He wasn't working it. He wasn't trying to sell it for nine years. He was just workshopping it in between doing other work. Yeah. Um, and they did begin filming in November in 2016, only an hour outside of Edinburgh. Um, mm. And by May 2018, that was when it first was reported that Calibre had been picked up by Netflix. Um, from all reports, I think it was quite a long negotiation period. Netflix expressed interest in late August, and I think the deal was kind of signed and done in around February. So they kept it pretty low key and then realized that it was a Netflix film and then it would in turn premiere at the Edinburgh Film Festival, which was on the 22nd mm-hmm. of June in 2018, and then it opened on Netflix one week later. Um, so it's a nice story when Netflix, I like it when Netflix get on board things prior to them doing well at a film festival. So they kind of, and I like hearing that it was a long negotiation period. So Netflix was interested. They didn't know they weren't going to overpay, but they wanted to pay the right price. And I think it's worked out really well. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's worked out well for, um, for Matt Palmer as well, because Mm. obviously there's a, there's a little bit of a connection where, um, Jack Loudon's sort of the the main character in this mm-hmm. film, and he went on to be in um, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm. So um, Nolan sort of had this sort of you know this connection, and then so Nolan's um, uh, agent actually signed Palmer onto his team after this film, which I thought was a a cool little sort of connection for um, Dunkirk, or just they, yeah. just in general. Sorry, so signed um, Palmer onto his agency. Oh, onto um, his agency. Sorry, yeah. As a, as, yeah, onto his agency. Yeah. Um. So the same. His. So Nolan's got the same agent. Right, as Matt Palmer. That Palmer does now. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. From what um, I can gather, Jack Loudon. So he he signed on for Caliber, and not hmm. too long after he signed on for Dunkirk, and and the whole thing was we're bloody lucky that we got him when we did because there's no way yeah, he was going to be doing this film after we did Dunkirk. And after did Dunkirk. Yeah. So yeah, it all sort of worked in place a little bit there for, yeah, to, to actually have him to be able to make the film, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the Matt Palmer, we're talking about the director. He, he actually, he does like a little sort of a Hitchcock sort of thing where he plays a, a, a character in the background. Um, so in the, the village, there's a scene where they're sort of building up to this festival and he sort of walks past. So I thought that was cool that he, he has a cool little um, cameo for himself in there. I would absolutely uh, do that if I was a director and, and do it in ways I would not have a speaking role. I would be a genuine extra, but I would I would put myself in every film just just to be there. I, I think it's really cool when directors do that. I don't want them to overdo it, but just to be there, I, I'm all for it. And you get a um, an acting credit as well. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, the the other th- so this one you mentioned that you know it um, 
played the Edinburgh International Film Festival and it also had a, a limited release um, at a few cinemas in the UK from um, October through to November that year as well. Um, so, you know, to how many is that? Four months after um, it had already been on Netflix, which was um, an interesting sort of move, I guess. But obviously it, it was received fairly well. And I think that's that really cool. Seen through, yeah. And, you know, and that's seen through some of the awards it was nominated for as well. well that's a yeah, um, good call. You know, yeah, it, it you know it won best British feature at the at that um, Edinburgh International Film Festival that we spoke about, and you know also nominated for three awards at the British Independent Film Awards um, and the Scotland Baftas as well. It had a win for um, Jack Loudon as an actor and four other noms. So nice little sort of um, you know trophy cabinet build up or you know nominations at least. There. Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> the, it, it nominated for five awards at the Baftas in Scotland. Jack Loudon won for Best Actor. Do you know who he beat? There was the other two that were in the film, wasn't it? And that was it. They were the only three nominated oh, for Best Actor. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that's, well, but I mean, that says a lot for the film in, in Scotland, right? And I think that's that, that goes to show uh, why they gave it a cinema release. There's some some sort of like national pride in the fact that hey, look at this, look at this national film that we made. Uh, let's everyone go watch mm. it. I guess it would be the same, Jesse, as we did Cargo, which was the, the first Australian film that we'd had on Netflix, as a Netflix original, sorry. Could you imagine if mm. Cargo released on Netflix and then, you know, three or four months later, it went into a few independent cinemas in Australia and we, we could sort of celebrate it and go, hey, look at this great Aussie film that never actually made it to our theatres because of the, the distribution deal with Netflix. But you know what? Yeah. Let's go out and enjoy it. So I think that's a really cool thing. I'm all for it. Yeah, I think, and another thing that sort of added to this sort of, I guess, hype that it had was that it got um, Stephen King's uh, tick of approval. So Stephen King put out a tweet uh, where he said, you know, Calibre on Netflix, this is, um, what do you say? He said, this one is a genuine nail biter. It's got a Hitchcock vibe with a little bit of the Wicker Man tossed in for good measure. Wow. And, you know, that was retweeted and liked by so many people. So obviously it helped build up a bit of an audience for this one as well to, you know, you get one of, you know, the master storytellers of, of you know, thriller horror sort of genre to, to, to promote your work, I guess. That's cool. Hey, don't pretend like Stephen King needs to be retweeted, mate. He, he just puts it out himself and it, and it does its business. Uh, sure does. <laughs> um, I, love, I love following him on social media. He's, he's so good. The um the other thing as well is deep in IMDb there was sort of like these little like connections sort of tab that I clicked on. Okay. And it said, you know, it's the same plot as this film called Super Dark Times from 2017. Interesting. And I was I was yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm very intrigued. So I had a click and I was like, oh, that's on Netflix. So I watched it. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna watch this to see, you know, why someone would go on IMDb and say it's exactly the same sort of plot. And um, yes, it's similar. The The crux of the, the story is similar, but it's completely different in the way that the characters deal with this sort of event that happens. Um, it's very like, you know, cut with, like, we've already said we're going to spoil it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, covering up the, the accidental death of someone. So, um, yeah, if you, if you liked this film and you're interested in a film that's very similar and looks at the same sort of themes, but does it through much younger sort of, it, it's more a teen film. Right. Um, okay. And they're, 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 they're teenaged kids. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that um, super dark time. So, um, gets my tick of approval. If you if you enjoyed this one, um, go ahead and watch. I it am so impressed with the effort you have gone to for our fans on this podcast <laughs> that you found a little tidbit on IMDb, and I thought you were going to say, mm. "So I found it, and then I watched the trailer, and you know what? Yeah, it looks similar." But you punched out the whole film. I love it. 
I, I, I was like, I can't not watch this whole film. Like, I can't bring it up on the podcast and be like, oh, you know, it's meant to be the same. And I couldn't be, I wouldn't feel comfortable with myself if I didn't actually watch the film. Um, and it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got one similarity, but the rest is so different. And it, it's just a really good way of looking at the same sort of event, but done in a completely different way. So appreciated that. Maybe you should so write, thank a, you to the person write who, a comment yeah, on IMDb yeah. saying, really similar to this movie, but a lot of differences. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I should because, um, but yeah, it, it was without that comment, I wouldn't have found it. So I was happy to find that one. That was good. Well done, mate. I'm impressed. I, I had a Netflix percentage match for Caliber. Did you? No, nah, I didn't, unfortunately. I, I, I had a 63% match um, for great. this one, which not great. No, it's on, on the lower side. Um, but I guess while, while we're talking about percentages, what, what sort of percentages have we got some, from some of the consensus for this one? For the, critics oh, and the Look at you with your segue. I was, I was, <laughs> come on, don't bring it up. I was like, let's just run smoothly. Let's just do it. <laughs> um, it's, it's really positive. It's, it's a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, 19,000 ratings. Um, I actually, I got a friend who I work with who is quite into thriller films. And she says, look, if you see a thriller film that you think I might like, let me know. And I told her about this um, yesterday after when I spoke to her and she had a look on IMDb straight away and she said, oh, it's got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, but that's pretty good. So it's good to know that the, the general movie-going audience does know that a 6.7 is a good score. Um, good, and hopefully uh, listen to our podcast after she's watching yeah. <laughs> it. Well, it's the thing. We, we've had so many dud films that have low scores that when you see something over a 6, you're like, that's beautiful. Um, it's very similar on Letterboxd as well. It's a 3.3 out of 5. Only 8,000 ratings, which is still a solid enough sample size, but a bit, a bit less than IMDb, but still really, yeah, really popular. Yeah. This one um, had 86% of Google users enjoyed this one. Okay. So that's that's a positive as well. And uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at 95% wow. on nine, only on 19 reviews though. So it's not mm. a, a consensus or anything, but it's still fresh. And the audience was a little bit lower, probably reflects a little bit more the IMDb and Letterbox scores at 72%. Still really good. Um, that's on, yeah, 650-odd. So, yeah, obviously uh, very well received, this film. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't want to see before I watch it. I don't want to see the consensus of a film before I watch it. Because as much mm-hmm. as I like to pride myself on how I feel about a film without being, not jud- not, not not using other people's judgments, but... If I'm seeing a film that I know is like a four out of ten, I'm like, even if I'm enjoying it, it's gonna get shit or something like that's gonna happen where <laughs> it's gonna go bad. So I don't like knowing that stuff. Good. All right. Well, time for our early thoughts. I think so. MJ, what do you, what do you think about this one before we we break into it a bit more? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I'm. I think. I think the intensity of the film, which I, I love the intensity of it. I think that probably comes more from the sheer heartache of the actual circumstances, but there's a well enough story constructed around it that kind of aids your viewing anyway. But there was definite moments of breathlessness, tension. Um, But the probably thing I enjoyed the most was the questions that I asked myself and we'll probably subsequently ask you throughout this podcast um, because it just had me questioning so many things. What would I do? What's the thing? What's the right thing to do morally? Um, really just nonstop mm. racking my brain during this film. So um, it's good. Yeah. There's multiple times throughout where you're like, oh, what would I do in that situation? Mm. And then it sort of gets to that stage where like, I don't even know if I want to contemplate what I do <laughs> in that situation because it's just so full on. It's, it's, um, yeah. It's devastating. Yeah, I, I don't want to be in it. 
nah. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm similar. I thought it was, it was really well made. The, the tension for me as well is, you know, it was so high throughout this film that, um, you know, they, they did this really good job for me as well like, of creating this build of what was going to happen because I, I didn't pick at all what the catalyst was going to be. Um, and while they give you glimpses early on of sort of character traits, it sort of doesn't prepare you for what you're going to see on the screen. Mm. So I appreciate that as well. And, and yeah, I, I think this was a, a good one too. I think you're probably right in the sense that so much of watching this film, I was like, how do you end this film? What, what story, mm. what message are you trying to give me? I don't know how you're going to end this film. And they do a really good job of, of getting to that point, but that's probably what kept me going. Cause I'm like, you know, are they gonna are they gonna find the body? They're not gonna find the body. Are they gonna get caught? They're not gonna get caught. Like so many things, I'm like this, this this could end in a multitude of ways, and it could work. And I just wasn't sure what route they were gonna go down. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. The it was yeah it was, and I don't even know if I'm happy with the end. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Like because you, you you think about the different situations how they could have ended it, but I'm sure we'll probably talk about that um, mm. a little bit later on as well. Time for some characters. So hit us off with who you'd like to speak about first in this one. Well, I think one of the reasons this film worked well for me on a relatability scale was because of Vaughn as a character. Um, he was just so normal. He was so out of his, out of his depth. And I mean, like even out of his depth hunting, let alone covering up an accidental murder. And, and every moral conundrum that he had to encounter was something that I found myself, as I said, trying to encounter as well, because because I was him in this film. Um, and it's a really powerful way of filmmaking to make that relatability about a situation where the circumstances are so far from anything that's relatable. Um, but so quickly they set you up as, oh, by the way, this is, this is just an everyman and you're exactly like him. So don't think that you're watching something and you, you're not going to be able to make decisions yourself because you're, you're in his shoes and, it was it was awesome, and I I probably even had a even more relatability with a baby on the way. Like I was sitting there going, so this this guy's got a baby on the way. I got a baby on the way. I was like, oh, this this is the worst situation that you could possibly. Do you want to go hunting this weekend? By the way, are you, are you free? Cause I'm... <laughs> no, I don't know. Is it it's, if it's something that you like, and I don't really like, well, why would you want to do that if you're my friend? Um, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these this idea of these last few days of freedom that that he's got, and it's just it was just yeah, the, yeah. This this guy got put into a situation that he probably never should have been put in in the first place, and the type of character he was, you wanted him to make better choices, I guess, at, at stages throughout. Um, I did anyway, uh, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I don't want to speak for anyone. Yeah, I know choices really, versus really tough like he wasn't he almost wasn't even making them, you know, <laughs> like. Well, yeah, he didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, I guess that sort of leads us into Marcus um, and probably, a, a, you know, his, his mate who's, you know, he's organised this weekend for him and to go hunting. But like I sort of mentioned already, like Vaughn didn't have an interest in it. So what sort of, you know, is is he really that good a friend? And that, that sort of conflicted me a little bit because I was like, if my best mate's taken me out before I have a baby, I'm hoping that he's not going to go take me, you know, fishing or something because I, I, I couldn't stand that. And... <laughs> Um, you know, they, they just highlighted that this, this Marcus guy sort of, you know, he used drugs and the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I didn't like him as the movie went on. And I don't know whether that was purposeful or whether that was just how I was feeling. Uh, 
but you know the the idea that he was constantly telling Vaughn that you know he's protecting him mm. and by you know shooting the dad and you know he's always getting us out of this and he's doing it for both of us but to me this just sort of highlighted his, his insecurities I guess because he knows he's a bad person but he just constantly wants this reassurance that he's not even though he is and he knows he is yeah I, um, I agree I agree with the the main crux of what you're saying because what I thought was really interesting about Marcus is it took me a long time to realize that he wasn't a good mate and I think that's definitely deliberate like they didn't want you to think from the start that this guy is a little bit of a villain and he's super expendable and if there's a trade-off he'll get traded off you don't you don't want to think that um true I definitely don't think they were best mates because they I think they're mates from childhood boarding school who don't seem to see each other all that much anymore um and and again i just you get that vibe more and more as time goes on because he was a bit of a dick but like not not enough for me to be completely fine with him being sacrificed in the end it it was kind of more subtle like there was enough evidence to suggest that this is a guy who could have been a valuable trade-off for for like a wife and an unborn child it's it's a pretty it's a pretty tough wager but it wasn't easy or clear decision decision for him to make and i appreciated that but when you break it down, and I kind of did this like near the end of the movie, probably in like a nanosecond, I did this in my head that they kind of had that really awkward initial exchange when they got in the car together. He's obviously got the history of drugs that's still quite prevalent. He was really rude to Logan when they first met him. He hooked up with that girl despite being told not to. He was the one that instigated covering up the murder. He was the one that chose to run away. He was the one who stabbed that dog at the end. Like the evidence was there to think that this guy's not a great guy and if if it comes down to it I'm, I'm kind of okay with Vaughn making this decision does that make sense yeah it definitely does I just um the the one thing that just sits in the back of my mind is that if he's got all these traits and then why is Vaughn so happy to go away with him for the weekend if he's got better friends why aren't they doing it for him that, that's just one like yeah I don't know yeah it just annoyed me a I little don't bit. I don't necessarily think it was a last hurrah because I don't think she was even showing. I think it was more just like, you're, you know, you're on the final stretch of being a father and, you know, we don't catch up that often, but let's go away for the weekend. I'm sure he's got other mates who are going to do more with him. Um, and, and even the question is yeah. to, you know, if they're so polar opposites, why are they mates? I, I just don't think they're as close as we thought they were. I think they probably were at a time and they've grown apart a little bit. But that, that uh, first yeah. scene of them in the car was just really awkward. Like you, like you hadn't seen someone for a while and you kind of didn't know how we interact when it's just the two of us. I don't know. It, 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 at the time, it felt weird. But looking back, I, I appreciate it a lot more. No, that makes – yeah, I, it makes sense. I, I yeah, completely agree with you. Um, any other characters that you want to talk about? I want to talk about Logan. Um, yeah, okay, good. And th- there was just this safety harness that was connected to Logan for me. I always felt like he was smart enough and savvy enough to figure things out, which didn't bode well for the boys, but also never felt like he was going to be particularly malicious about it. And it was it was comforting, but it was no less eerie. Like this whole town had this eerie vibe to it when you felt like an outsider and you felt like you weren't in on something. And that was still prevalent with Logan, but I think it cast a nice safety net to do more with the story other than just throwing these two in this situation and making them completely fend for themselves, it, it added a nice dimension. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that yeah, they did a really good job of that by like showing, I guess, the authority he had almost, oh, yeah. or the 
the the respect that the town had of him because with yeah without having that one person that whatever he says sort of goes um you know that yeah they'd they'd just be angst against them the whole way so it was nice to like mm. you mentioned to have this one character that sort of it was like this go between I guess almost that even though yeah yeah did have those those vibes that there was probably something off somewhere that um you still sort of thought maybe he's like you know gonna he'll have these guys back even though he may have been a little bit um you know, um, cautious or yeah. not cautious, but, you know, um, yeah, concerned about, I don't even know. Yeah, what I know what you is, mean. Yeah, I think you know what I mean, yeah. There, there, was an, there was an idea of him having just that level of common sense about him that maybe the rest of the town didn't have. And because he yielded that authority, or sorry, wielded that authority, then it, it kind of was a nice mixture for them to be able to lean on him to some extent. Yep, yeah, good. Um. What did you think about the two girls, like Kara and was it Iona? Iona, Iona. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I thought that they, I, I liked Iona a little bit because oh, yeah. she sort of had that. She's connected with that, um, that whole. And we'll probably get into this in the themes and ideas later. But I just liked that idea that she wanted to leave and she wanted to get out. And you could almost like they teed her up nicely with Vaughn in the fact that you know he probably wanted to get out of this situation the whole <laughs> time too. He didn't really want to be on that trip, and I just thought that was nicely done. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, she was yeah. she was as likable as anyone, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Level headed, she basically had their back, only to the extent that I don't think we should kill these people because it's not a very smart way to go about it. Um, mm. But yeah, she was worlds apart from the other girl, who was basically just a vessel for um, for pain and and to make them do the wrong thing. Is more more nothing. I'm not going to go much more into her. Yep. Good. All right. Um, the director or I think yeah, Matt Palmer. Yeah. We've mentioned him already. First feature. Done a few shorts. Yeah. Other than other than that, I think possibly could have a good career um moving forward yeah in hope. I, yes my thoughts exactly yeah i i think yeah. um this is a really good achievement and i'd be interested to see what he does next yeah good all right well time for some scenes yeah we, this is where we go through the ones that we liked and didn't like so what are some ones that you enjoy them jay yeah I, I love the fact that vaughn didn't hook up with iona on the first night um <laughs> i was kind of enjoying that whole scene and that just topped it off for me like there, there was the idea of an exciting catch-up with an old buddy on a weekend away, combined with that whimsical, drunken conversation with a new friend, it was really relatable and well-captured. Um, but it also set up the fact that, you know, as I said before, I was going to be in Vaughn's shoes and I was going to follow him throughout this movie because he made that decision at the start not to hook up with her, which was the right decision, and that was the guy I thought he was. If he hooks up with her, he's a completely different guy, and it changes, it changes everything. So... Um, I, I think that it's works so really in, well. It's, it's so good in comparison to the film we did last week, each to our own, where similar situation oh, in the God. first 15 minutes, the, the main protagonist cheats on her partner and, and you don't like her from that. So, you know, they, they make the right choice in this film by not doing that. But I think it's so important that people can, can cling on to Vaughn. You know, just your every, everyday mm. person watching this movie can sit there and go, oh man, this guy's so out of his depth. I'd be so out of my depth. All right, what would I do? What's he going to do? And that's and if they, if they had lost that... You, you lose that link and that relatability to the film. So um, kudos. Um, <laughs> the killing scene, I don't know how else, what else to label it, but it was it was long and it was suffocating, but it was absolutely gripping. It, it just changed the entire pace of the film, the confusion, the gut-wrenching emotion. I just felt everything in that scene. 
Yeah, that like like I mentioned before that the the point of view shot through that gun and then like you see the deer and then oh. the next shot there's a kid there like I just I just wasn't expecting that at all. So yeah, yeah to me I, I completely agree that that had me hooked into like yeah see exactly what's going to happen now sort of thing. So like yeah, great scene. And then right off the back of that there was that confrontation they had about creating the alibi because I, I thought that was a great um, comparison of this level-headed callousness versus the completely shocked and broken. And in that situation, the level head's always going to win out, even though it's, it was it was the wrong move, but it's so quickly you start to justify why it's actually the right move. Because um, Vaughn just had this, I can't do this attitude set up. And that's when you think this is going to be a really interesting series of events that are coming off the back of this, because this man isn't happy with this decision, but God, he kind of he gets the logic behind it. If I don't get caught, and if I can learn to live with myself, then this is going to be a lot better than turning myself in, right? Like it's this this moral conundrum that starts here and, and doesn't really end. No, and, and yeah, it just builds more and more. The the, the tension continues um, oh, yeah. from that you know that 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 choice that's made. Well, um, well to that we, point, the next scene that I do have is when their tires got slashed, and that just made the tension basically unstoppable. That that made them stuck. That made them completely just sitting ducks almost. And when that happened, because you sort of sit there and think, oh, there's like 40 minutes to go. They kind of have a bit of an out here. They, they can sort of just get up and leave. And when that happened, it's like, oh, it's them against the town. You're starting to learn more and more about the town and everyone seems to be a little bit weary. And it was um, it was a nice little, uh, I guess it was just a, a plot device, but it worked quite well. It's amazing how the whole bloody town were there, like in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they come downstairs. Um, the last scene that I do have is is the scene in the in the barn or whatever when when Vaughn has to make that decision and and that internal battle. It was exactly what I was going through. I kid you not. I was making these decisions and changing my mind as time went on. Mm-hmm. I think he's standing down the race with a gun, and I felt like it's this is going to be impossible. Like you're just going to drop the gun and kill us both. And then I was starting to think, am I okay with that ending? Oh, maybe I am. Cause I can't kill my mate. I just can't do it. And as it went on and as I thought more, I realized that maybe the sacrifice will be worth it. And then maybe these two aren't as close. Like they're obviously morally opposed. And Marcus has sort of dug this hole for both of them. Um, and ultimately that wife and kid factor won over. And I, I get it. And like a second before he pulled that trigger, I decided that you should pull the trigger. It was it was crazy how I was doing this in my head while I was watching that scene. Um, and, I, and I came <laughs> and to the same resolution. The yeah. And they give you the time to think it out too. With the, the, yeah. The erupt, like, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The way that the camera just stays there and gives him that chance where you, you think it's it's not going to happen and everyone turns their backs and then it's just like, no, it, it happens. When they turn their backs and you're like, okay, this is real, mate. You are actually going to get shot if you don't do this. And, oh, it was it was a brilliant scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. All right. Some scenes that I... Uh, what did I miss? I didn't mind, I guess. Nah, it's... Nah, they, oh, they might, mine are probably stupid compared to yours, to be honest. My, like, my first one is that uh, when they first rock up to the pub, they ordered IPAs. I was like, that is so cool. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I've seen people go up to a bar in a film and be like, I'll have two IPAs, please. I was like, it literally said IPA on the tap. That's like all it said. <laughs> yeah. 
It was great. I thought that was really good. Um, the other <laughs> the other thing that I, that I enjoyed it was another scene, sort of in the pub or in the the restaurant of the pub, where you know they sit down to have this meal after they've committed this crime. And I just thought that the way they set that that table up with the foods and the like, you know, you got the red wine, the juices of the meat, which you know is bringing up the, these memories of blood and, and enough mm. to make Vaughn sick to go to the bathroom. I just thought that was really, really well done. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. To that point, actually, yeah. I meant to mention this earlier. It was a really, really good performance um, by Jack Loud. Like it was, he had mm. to illustrate that heartbreak, that constant feeling on edge, and then buying buying into everything before becoming almost exhausted and almost giving up. It was, it was like a roller coaster of emotions for this mm. character. And he was, he was fantastic doing it. Yes. Very, very good. Um, the, the, another scene that I enjoyed was Marcus. He did these rants a lot where he's talking about, you know, I'm protecting mm. you Vaughn. I'm protecting you Vaughn. And, and it was towards the end and, you know, Vaughn um, says, you know, we were wrong and we're going to pay for it. And and Marcus's response was like, you know, so you're telling me that I was wrong to protect you. So he brings it back to himself as in, you know, I was doing the right thing. And then, uh, you know, I really love the follow-up where Vaughn says, you know, you were Marcus, um, you know, otherwise you wouldn't ask, you know, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and I just really, I really thought that was a, a really impactful little conversation between the two to sort of, you know, fully like explain that, the, how the two feel about each other really or, or how Vaughn feels about Marcus and, and his actions, I guess. Yeah, Vaughn's finally had the time to get some clarity around it and he's like, you know what? It was the wrong decision and, and you know it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, last one I've got is Vaughn sort of telling the story when, when he's been sort of caught at the end and he's in that barn and he's tied up and he tells the whole story to the town people and, and as the audience, the 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 diet well there's no dialogue and the sound sort of becomes inaudible and you just get these little flashes and mm. the, you know the the grief on his face as he retells the story I, I thought that was really really well done mm. as well um, yeah, right. it's just some nice little little pieces um, yeah okay what are some things that uh, you didn't like in this one uh, yeah there's not too much to be perfectly honest um, after they after they killed the people and then they kind of tried to do their whole alibi thing and drive around it got to nighttime really quickly and that, that sort of bothered me a little bit. It was 10 a.m. and they were hunting for a little bit and then uh, they shot someone, they drove somewhere to a server or whatever and then it was nighttime and it just mm. didn't. It just kind of felt like a really jerky way of, of ending that kind of part of the day. Not a big deal. <laughs> I did, it just no, it felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't like that they went to the festival. Um, I get it from a story perspective. But it's not a decision that I would think that those guys would have made. And I think they were also really well justified to avoid it when they were sitting in the room and the guy's like, hey, come on down. I think they'd be like, look, with everything that's gone on, you know, we've obviously had that kerfuffle at the car where the bloke headbutted him and stuff. And you know what? We're just going to sit this one out. I get it. The story had to sort of bring him out, but it didn't make sense to me that they went there. Um, so I think you could have found another it way. It didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to with like you know it's such a small town and you've got half the town that are still worried about these yeah. missing people that they're still going ahead with the festival. That's a very good point, actually. That's a really good yeah. point. Like, put out a search party then, with more than six people. <laughs> I was like, surely everyone in the town is going to be out helping, or you're going to cancel this bonfire, or yeah, yeah I don't know. Great, it's a, it's a great point. Uh, and the final thing I didn't like was when Marcus stabbed that dog. It 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 kind of made it too much. Like it was just adding fuel to the fire. Like these guys, they hate you right now. They've already caught you. Like 
just mm. just almost put yourself in and i was just i think i was just repeating like oh, come on like oh like oh what are you doing ah oh, like it, 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 it was a physical response that i got from from seeing it and i guess it was just that final blow into the character of marcus where you're like you know what i could sacrifice you so uh but mm-hmm. i just didn't i didn't like that scene so uh that's it okay. though that's nice. three that three really nitpicky it. type things yeah, I think mine are probably going to be the same little nitpicky things. Uh, the the kid at that hotel, like when, when they first arrive at the hotel and he doesn't speak and then obviously after they've committed these crimes and they, they arrive back at night and he's looking out the window at them mm. and then at that bonfire party too, just like they, these weird camera shots that, you know, they, they've got their eyes on this kid. Um, I just didn't like that it was like one of those sort of misleads that they were trying to say that this kid's going to rat them out or something. And I know that in a thriller film, you're going to have these multiple, uh, you know, options or ideas in the back of the audience's mind about how they're going to be, you know, found out. But I just thought that that was a, a loose end that didn't really add anything to the story. I didn't think was, that was a misleading. The tension was, the tension was already there. I think he did really? rat them out. So oh, if he didn't rat them out, he put enough doubt in their mind for Marcus to say, when they said, well, why, what were you guys doing last night? So I, I'm, when he asked, what were you guys doing last night? He's like, oh, we went night hunting. Um, I was assuming that the boy said, hey, I saw these two roll up. And that's why they said, what were you doing last night? Because I didn't see the kid talk like barely at all. The bonfire scene at the end, maybe he had like a little bit of a conversation with the, the mum that he was with. Yeah, it might, have, it might not have been on screen where he said it though. I, I must admit, I assume that he told them that he saw those guys okay. and that's why they said, why were you out last night? And even if even if he didn't, they still asked that question and the fact that they got spotted meant, because he would have just said, oh, nothing, we were just in our room. But he knew that they got seen, so he had to lie and say they're out night hunting. Which is and, and that worked for me that it just culminated more and more of this is stacking up against these guys. If you find the bodies, you're absolutely yeah. screwed. Yeah, I the, I thought the townspeople did a good job of asking questions all the time that you thought they were asking about what they'd done, and then they mm. le- it led to something else. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah, but if yeah, that, yeah. Anyway, um, the blood on the backpack that sort of frustrated me too. So there were so many shots, like you know, building this tension, trying to hide the backpack mm. under the table at the bar and all that sort of stuff. They could have easily, like, with the amount of blood from Marcus's face <laughs> and then that. his nose being snapped, they, they could have surely could have covered it up and been like, "Oh, his nose just bled on the the bag." Or something. I thought so that too. That didn't work for me. <laughs> Good. It just, it, it just showed um, Vaughn's like he was just completely destroyed by all this tension that was being yeah. created. But you're right. I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, just pretend like yep. you got the blood on it. Hmm. Um, I've only got one other one. The the final scene. Um, We've already said with spoiler alert, but, you know, it, it cuts back to, you know, Vaughn's back at his house mm. with his wife, the baby's crying. I honestly thought he was going to walk into the kid and then talk to the kid and say, call the kid Mark. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. And I'm glad that he yeah. did it. But Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he didn't too. But just to, if they've done that for two of us, to put that in our minds that that was going to happen, it ruins the scene. It ruins the scene. If they've done a good enough job to create that in our minds, that's like funny. I was like, oh, that's just a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think what it means if he calls it Marcus, but um, yeah, I thought that as well. <laughs> okay, good. Well, uh, that's all me done with the scene. So it's time to move on to the themes or ideas or motifs from this one. Um, this was saying quite a bit, mm. I think. So 
what have you got, MJ, for this one? Well, initially, it's it's the whole moral compass versus logical compass because you, you can be put in that position and completely justify to yourself why you should cover that up. I get it, and I've never been in that position. I don't want to be in that position, but there is there is a decision to be made that cover that up, never get caught, and your life is vastly better in in theory than what it would be is if you, you dob yourself in and it's it, that the film asks that question almost the whole time and eventually uh the idea of the morals kind of wins out but doesn't really win out as well and i'll get to this a bit later with like where he mm-hmm. where, where he still ends up morally but um that's probably one of the main things that the film does really really well mm, i agree have you got anything else i got look the tagline of the film is you can't bury the truth. Ooh, I didn't say that. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, how does that change the situation that he's currently in? Because he leaves the town having to cover up a truth. He has to pretend mm. something that happened that didn't happen. Uh, so he's kind of no better off. In fact, he's worse off because he's made dead. Um, he's dead and he's got the and he's still got the guilt and he's still got to lie about it and cover it up so um yeah so maybe it's true you honestly you really can't bury the truth even though he's trying to and that's what makes me guess me to the point that he he doesn't end this film in a very good spot no i don't think you could see that in the emotion on his face or that you know it was just yeah i don't think he was um doing very well no. at all. and you know he wasn't he wasn't in bed he was sitting up in the chair yeah and he's like, and, yeah. and that was you know what i'm gonna ask this now even though i was gonna get to in questions do you think that he ever sleeps again like do you think he ever has a good night's sleep again because no i don't think so nah neither yeah. do i nah. no matter how um poor a friend that person was he's he's committed murder um, oh the whole circumstances not, are... not once not once but twice yeah um so he not only has that, you know, that thought that he's killed a, a child, he's also killed a friend. Um, Just it would never leave so you. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he, no, so he's definitely uh, not doing. Uh, he's a lot worse off than he was at the start. So of that's the why I did appreciate the last scene in the sense that he was just sitting there when she woke up. I'm like, good, because you know what? If he was sitting there sound asleep, going, "Hey, what a great result! I got my wife and kid. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well done. Good choice." When he was sitting up there, I'm like, cool. That's exactly what I would be doing, and I'd probably be doing it for the rest of my bloody life. Yeah. And I, I liked this that idea too, like with this this feeling of guilt. Like they they made a they put emphasis on him saying sorry multiple times, mm. and you know sometimes sorry it's it's not enough. And um and obviously in this like you, you can't say sorry for the, the things that he's done in this. And um yeah, I, I, it's a real tricky one too because there's this idea that you sort of see through these townspeople between this idea of like forgiveness and retribution as well, and that you know it's sort of the, the, the townspeople apart from um logan like they they had this and they did this mainly through men that this this sort of toxic um masculinity where they're like you know an eye for an eye sort of thing mm-hmm. and um i liked that balance that logan gave to that sort of idea um as well mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah and quite- i've mentioned as well like yeah this this sort of limit of friendship too like how good of friends were they really because um, and we've, we've already discussed this, but I, I just, you know, what is the limit of a friend? Like if I, cause if you're happy at the end to, to kill this friend to, um, preserve yourself, I, I still struggle. I still struggle with this idea, yeah. no matter how many different things we, well, ways we look at it, I guess. I agree. But I, I think it gives it that extra weight of having a wife and unborn child at home. 
yeah. gives it a little bit more weight than preserve yourself. You're preserving more than just yourself in that sense. Um, but that's why my initial thought when that when that situation came to rise, I was like, "Wow, he can't do it. He's gonna. They're both gonna die." And that's and I'd be like, "You know what? That's that's how my life ends. Okay, I can't do this. If we're gonna both die, we both die." And then I thought about it the way he did. So um, I like the fact that it not, it's not an easy choice. But yeah, I, I understand that you're you're comp- uh, that you're not 100 percent sold on it. Yeah. Last thing that I wanted to briefly touch on too was this this sort of idea of the this rural community versus sort of the urban community. And they, you know, they, they highlight this a lot that, you know, they, these new and upcoming sort of country clubs and things are draining this town mm. and, you know, that they reach out to Marcus by, you know, giving a business card saying, Hey, we need, you know, your help with an investment mm. and things like that. And I, I think they did that as a nice little side sort of thing on as well. It wasn't just this whole town of, you know, in a, in a sometimes a horror thriller film, mm. you see this town of hicks that yep. are just out with the pitchforks, and you know they're they're willing to challenge anything that's different yep. or new. Whereas they they didn't go that full way, but they they still had that nice underlying idea of that too. It's a good point, and they, they said there's that eeriness to the town, but it wasn't because mm. if if you set that town in, in a town full of hicks that's that are sort of really irresponsible and hard to hard to read. The film still works, and, and and a lot of films have been done like that. But it just it's just very very different, um, and it's kind of you, you sort of appreciate the the realism that they try to get with this film. Um, it feels a lot more real than yeah. otherwise. Yeah, I appreciated that. All right, I think we're up to you know what did we take away from this one? Yeah, well, so what did you take away from this? Yeah. It's it's not quite on the breathlessness scale of the invitation or or no escape. Well, probably even, to be honest, clinical. Uh, clinical that we did on Netflix a, a long time ago. Um, but that that feeling of tension and unease is definitely what I'm going to be taking out of this film and and what I'll be using as a recommendation as well. Um, yep. If people want to watch a good thriller that's going to keep them on the edge of their seat, then this fits the bill. Yeah. Also, exactly beautiful scenery. Yeah. <laughs> really nice uh, yeah, scenery. The, I, I watched right through the credits to sort of, you know, check out the exact locations and I wrote down just in case ever do get to Scotland, you know, at some, some stage that um, there's these little towns that I wouldn't mind checking out because um, yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful. Don't um, want to go to that one though. Just, just don't, I wouldn't mind avoiding <laughs> that one. Wood. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the woods. Uh, <laughs> the, the other, yeah. So I'm the same, like for a small film, I mean, this, this did a lot of right. Um, and the same with you, the tension, it had me worried every sort of turn about how they were going to get out of this. And this is, this is one that I haven't said in a while, but this probably would have been better in a dark cinema, no lights on just to even like, I, I got that, that tension from watching it on a, a screen in a house. Imagine how good it would have been in a darkened cinema. It would have been a killer. Yeah. Are you hundred percent right? Yeah. I, I watch every, as, as often as I can, I watch every movie in the dark. Um, hmm. And this, I was in a, I was watching this in a room, with a nice big TV and it was pitch black in the room. So I, I got that experience to some extent, but there's nothing quite like that. The surround sound at a cinema being completely engaged on a big screen and, and sort of feeling the vibe off the rest of the audience. Yeah. Really looking forward to being able to yeah. get back into the cinemas. I got some, All right, um, I've, got, time. I've got oh, some sorry. cinema vouchers for, uh, for, Ooh. for a gift that were going to expire. And so I wrote to the, the, um, chain and I said so these are going to expire but I obviously can't go to the movies right now they've given me an extension till October 31 on the gift card so 
hopefully October 31, there's something open so I could use them. July, we, July, we'll just hang out and see whether what Nolan does with our tenant, and then we'll we'll go from there. If, if that gets a release, I reckon we'll start seeing some others uh, start putting some out, no matter what sort of numbers. Very, very um, interesting. Cinemas that are open, I guess. Yeah. Mm. All right. Sorry for cutting you off, but um, anyway. time for IMDb time. I, I cut you off before. So, did you jump on IMDb to check anyone out at any stage in this one? I did, but this is kind of a cheat one. I actually didn't do this during the film, and I actually didn't really recognize him either but afterwards i clicked on i wanted to find out more about tony curran who played logan not necessarily because he was that familiar but something about me just wanted to see more of him and interestingly he was in the league of extraordinary gentlemen which is a personal favorite of mine and i watched it recently he plays the invisible man in that which you don't actually see so (laughs) So maybe there was something about the voice that I recognised because he's always the only time you see him is when he's got sort of white paint on his face. Um, but I found that very interesting that just recently I'd watched it and I thought about and I actually when I watched it I was like I wonder who plays the Invisible Man. I clicked on oh, Tony Curran, I'd never heard of him, and um, and yeah, it came back full circle. So it wasn't a proper IMDb, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. It counts. It definitely counts. Uh, I I got on for Jack um, Loudon. The it wasn't for Dunkirk, so. I was like, I know your face from somewhere. So I looked, I was like, he's from um, that movie called Fighting With My Family that came oh, out yeah, last yeah. year with uh, with Florence Pugh, um, the sort of WWE film. Yep. He, he's her brother in that. So I was like, okay, that's, I remember exactly why I recognize your face now. That's a win. Um, that, that's a, Yeah, and that's that's a very good film, um, Fighting With My Family. I thoroughly I've got, enjoyed that. I've got it on record on, on Foxtel. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good. You'll yeah. Let me know what you think because I think you might enjoy that one. Yeah. It's a nice, nice little story. Okay. Question time. This is where we can ask each other anything from the film that we want to know. And I think we've probably asked a few already from each of our more from my list as well um, already. But have you got mm. anything else you want to ask? I do have a few. Um, mm-hmm. Would you have cut the bullet out of the skull? No. <laughs> that was that was full on. I would have, I would have, if you're going to do it, you got to do it properly. It was actually kind of smart, but I remember just thinking like, oh God, no, no, you can't. And I was like, no, he's got to do it. Uh, Next question. Yes, go. How do you think Vaughn would have reacted if he was by himself? How does this, how does this story go? When he shoots shoots the kid. No no family, no kids or? So no, no, if he's not with Marcus, bang, shoots the kid. Oh, he'd he'd definitely go to go to the police yeah. and say this was an accidental shooting. I think that's what makes the, this story really the, interesting. Yeah. You've got a guy who would do that, and they take him, take that decision away from him almost. Yeah, straight away. Yeah, um, Marcus definitely takes that away from him. Yeah, and, but he was almost going to get didn't... shot. <laughs> like you, you can't forget that. By the dad. Yeah. yeah true. Very true. Hmm. Okay. Good. What else? Um. Oh, this is a, this is my last one. When they started mm. the search party. Did you agree with Marcus or Vaughn? Were they were they onto them, or was it a legit search party? When they wrote them in, they were like, "Oh, they're onto us." Yeah. Do you think they were, or do you think they just wanted help? I okay, so I thought when I was watching it that it was a, they wanted their help. It was a legit search party, but then when they get in the car and drive off, yep. and the car leak, leaks gas, yep. that to me says okay it's been sabotaged yeah so they were onto them so i think we knew that afterwards but i mean at the time so you thought yeah now they just want to search by yeah i thought 
Yeah. Well, Logan asked them because no one else was going to ask him. So yeah, I know. And to me, Logan had been good to them. So I don't understand why you wouldn't go with him. It all just felt. Fi- it, you know what? When I realized they were onto them, when they're like, "Oh, by the way, your jeep's here," I was like, "Oh, something's not right here." They've just they want their help, but they've also just bought their car back and everything's ready to go. I feel like it was going to be an ambush. Mm, okay. Good. All right, my turn. Mm. Um, the title caliber. I really like this title and I want to, I want to hopefully you, you agree with me because obviously caliber is like, you know, the character of someone as well as that, the, the gut, the barrel of the gun. So did you like the title? Yeah, that's, it's, it's really good. It's really, you know what? It's unfortunately not a very sexy title that you can tell people about and they're like, Oh yeah, I remember that one. Um, mm. But it is a clever and I love a title with double meaning. Good. Um, the the deer at the start that they're lining up to shoot mm. was that deer actually there in the first place or was it they were both like so hungover that it wasn't actually there? No, it was definitely there. It was definitely there. Then how did the kid like if that was there and then you have one quick little turn away and there's a kid there like how quick's that deer? Nah, Marcus Marcus wasn't that hungover. Like Marcus is like a genuine functioning. Oh, sorry. sorry, Marcus was on drugs. He but, he, on but, drugs. He, but he's a functioning alcoholic basically mm. and. Because remember, he wakes up, he's not hungover. Nah, I, I, well, yeah, there's a deer there. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a deer there, yeah. And the kid just sort of okay. popped up because, yeah, you reckon they were hunting the kid and they thought, it, nah, that that's it's just not the kind of film that he made. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It was just probably me just overthinking it because I was like, it just didn't make sense that a kid was able to get there so close to where the deer was. There's no way that that deer would have still been there if there was a kid that close. I'd like to watch it again, but the kid seemed to be a fair bit behind. And it's almost like the deer like lifted its neck and then exposed the kid. Okay. But I wouldn't so mind watching that again just to double check. Mm. All right. Um. So, so obviously the kid dies and the dad dies. Mm. Surely the dad would have had a cell phone in his pocket that they could have tracked him. Um. Did this seem that like a the first, really if, cell phone kind of town? I don't know surely that would have been the first thing that you would have done is go through his pockets and take out anything that's in his pockets to True. make sure that there's no, you know, I don't know, like a bush radio or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know, that was just something that annoyed me. It's a good um, point. Yeah. You'd want to be safe. Wouldn't you? Make sure there's nothing to track him. Good yeah. call. Well, you know, he goes far enough to, to cut a bullet out of a head. Surely <laughs> you, that's something else you'd think about. Last one. And I just, I'll, you know, the end, do you shoot your friend to survive? Um, oh jesus man um like i my initial instinct was was no like sorry Mm. i can't do it and if you're gonna kill me then that's gotta happen but i kind of turned a little bit at the time on Mm. on on reflection is it the right i don't know (laughs) i I don't know man i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with it Because so, if that was me, I'd already killed someone and then I'm going to kill someone else. So I've got to live with killing two people. So if that was, if I was in that situation, I would probably put the the gun to myself and that way I rest at peace that knowing that I didn't have to kill my friend. I don't know. I'd, but then you're taking yourself away from your wife and your unborn child. Like that's, that's the know, only thing that gets one, me. Tough one. But if you've done something that bad, like I don't know if I could live with myself if that, if that situation had occurred. I, I Yeah, you'd almost have to, if you got to it, you'd have to dob yourself in. Do it and dob yourself yeah. in and go, look, this happened. What's my time? I'd like to end. But you know what? And if I you do 20 if, years if in jail, a... do you live with that still afterwards? Like, 
yeah, you probably would. I don't know if I was there's there. I don't think there'd be any situation. Like if I was in a situation with a friend who I called a friend, there's no way that I'd be covering up um, an accidental shooting in the first place. I love that this movie's got us asking these questions because I wasn't. Yeah, I know. I often don't ponder that, you know. <laughs> hey, do you reckon we would uh, yeah. cover up a murder if we did it accidentally? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I think we're we ready to wrap this one up. Yeah. So this is uh, the end of the show where we each give the film a rating out of five to give it a flicks from average. So MJ, where are you going with this one? Uh, look, I thought it was a pretty damn respectable thriller. It, it had similar breathlessness and edge of your seat qualities to some of the better thrillers of the past few years, albeit more of an insular and gritty premise, but really strong performances and a, and a sound enough storyline to occupy the hundred minute running time. And it really did test me morally. So it's a really solid three and a half stars for me. Very nice. Good. Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed this one as well. I thought it, you know, it was really well made for a, a low budget sort of film. I enjoyed following those characters and wanting to know like how they were going to get out of this or were they going to get out of this. Uh, so I'm giving it a three out of five. Nice. So that gives us a flicks from average of three point two five, which is a nice robust score. I think. Um, yep, it's good. One of our higher ones. Good. All right. So we're on social media. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. Question on social media this week for this film is who was more selfish? Was it Marcus or Vaughn? And I, I pose this question just because I know the obvious answer is Marcus, but that final action by Vaughn to kill Marcus is a selfish action. It is about himself. Oh yeah, it definitely that's is. Why, yeah. But he's yeah, the only one that had that like, choice. He had all the power. Yeah, uh, that's, that's why I was like, I don't know how I could decide between these two characters. Whew. Anyway, that's, uh, it's I, I still think if, it's Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus made Good. Marcus yeah, made yeah. more selfish decisions. Vaughn just made the big one. Even yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Well, if you've uh, got a response for that one, let us know. We're back again next week. We've got another film. It is. Switching up again, we have got a sci-fi next week. Oh, cool. It's from 2018. It's called Tau. So it's T-A-U. It's directed by Federico D'Alessandro, and it stars Maker Munro, Ed Screen, and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So there that you go. One, um, yeah, so we've got that one up next week Tau. if uh, you're interested in checking that one out with us. But whew, good discussion, MJ. That was pretty heavy. That was good. Go nah. places that... <laughs> That's, that film makes you go places you don't want to go. <laughs> it's one of the films that you really do need to debrief with someone afterwards. So I'm glad we got that opportunity. For sure. All right. And um, I'll see you next week. You certainly will, mate. Chat to you later. See ya.